Last week we heard about the merciful Father and how he gives the inheritance to everybody. And then it's up to each one to use that inheritance wisely or to squander it. He gives it to all, whether they're faithful, like the older son, or unfaithful, like the younger prodigal son. But the point is that all comes from the Father. It's not ours. Nothing we have is ours. Even life itself, all the talents that we might be blessed with, the gifts that we have received, all is from God. And to claim anything really as one's own, and to forget that it is all from God, is really inconsistent with the Christian life, where we know that everything comes from God. And this is why at the end of our life, we will be called to account. There'll be a judgment day where we will be asked to give a full account of our lives, of all the talents that we have given, been given and what we have done with them. For our stewardship will be taken away from us as well. We are stewards as long as we are on this earth. When, it, when we die, we will cease to be stewards. And we won't receive any notice like the steward in the gospel today received. In a few days' time, you're going to be called to give an account. We're, as it were, on permanent, permanent notice uh, that we will be called to account. So every day we really need to uh, make sure that we have things in order. So now is the time to repair. The parable that we've heard today of the dishonest steward is, is, a, is, a, is a challenging one to interpret in the fact, you know, the fact that the, the dishonest steward is praised by his master. But really each one of us is a dishonest steward insofar as we have sinned, we have been selfish, we have not helped others, we have squandered in some way the goods of this beautiful life that God has given us. But in looking to see what the early fathers of the church say about this gospel passage, they're unanimous in interpreting it in terms of almsgiving to the poor. And indeed, the first reading today from the prophet Amos uh, refers to that, how people will be called to account for the fact that they um, defraud others. Uh, they, they want the Sabbath to be over with so they think they can get back to fiddling the scales, you know, and getting more than is their due. Jesus says in the Gospel today, make friends for yourselves with dishonest wealth, so that when it fails, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. The dishonest steward uses his powers of administration to reduce the debts of his master's debtors, so that he may be welcomed into their homes, that he may have friends when he, is, when he does lose that stewardship. And he says how he is too weak to dig and unfit to beg. When it comes to our judgment, neither will we be able to do any more works. You know, there's another parable about the wise and foolish virgins. The foolish ones had no oil in their lamps. The time for works will have come to an end. Now is our time, our opportunity, to give alms and to relieve the burdens of the poor. St. Gregory the Great says, in order that after their death they may find something uh, in their own hand, let men before death place their riches in the hands of the poor. You know, we can be so judgmental of the poor, 
Sometimes we can say, well, they should help themselves. They got themselves into that mess. They should get themselves out of it. They've made, made their bed. They can lie in it, even though many don't have beds to lie on. So what are we to make then of Jesus' promise, where he says elsewhere, you will always have the poor with you. If the poor are always going to be with us, why are we so surprised to see them sometimes revolted at their sight? Why do we judge them so? Why do they think they should be somewhere else and not here? No, this is our opportunity to make friends for ourselves so that we will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. And this is what, this friendship is something that those who go out on Sunday afternoons to visit the homeless really seek to, uh, to form, to form friendship with them so that we can call them our friends and they will know that we are their friends. In fact, just the last couple of days, I've had that friendly encounter. A young man called Ryan showed up here, and he just got out of jail the day before. But who am I to judge? And he'd lost his ID, and I'd had it. We'd found it here. And so I was just going out and saw Ryan come onto our property. I said, Ryan, hang on, I've got your ID. He said, and he was so pleased. And then I said, Ryan, we've got some clothes there. If you'd like some, come in and choose some. So he did. Later on that day, some of those who were clearing up the clothes found this beautiful note from Ryan, thanking us and asking God to bless us. And he, made, he put a cross on it as well. And while I was with him, he asked me to pray for another homeless person who, who was having difficulties, so we prayed for that person as well. And then yesterday, as I was in the hall, seeing if there was anything that I could use in, amongst the clothing there, nothing to fit me, I'm afraid, I saw this person out on the, in the yard there in the field, you know, with, uh, doing some strange things. So I went out there and wondering, who's on our land? No, no, went out. It was Bobby. Bobby is a guy we haven't seen for a few weeks, and we were very worried about him. And there he was, trying to struggle with his belongings, with the frame of a bicycle over his shoulders and uh, so he came and we brought him over I carried his, what he had they smelled terrible right. anyway we threw them in the dumpster got him a, we sat down and had coffee together and a couple of cookies and invited him to choose some clothes as well and it was good to see him and later on that afternoon another couple came uh, Michael and, T and uh, Tiffany, I think their names were. So Bobby sent us round. He said, you might have some clothing for us. Do you have any boots? And they found, the man found a pair of boots which were just, just the right size for him. You see, we want this friendship. And in all, in all honesty, it's because we will need these friends in eternal life. We all are sinners. We will need these friends to intercede for us uh, when, we, when we come to the pearly gates. St. Cyril of Jerusalem, I think it is, says, Christ taught those who abound in riches earnestly to love the friendship of the poor and to have treasure in heaven. A man is faithful in a little when he imparts aid to those who are bowed down with sorrow. Our Lord tells us, if you are not trustworthy with dishonest wealth, 
Who will trust you with true wealth? And what is that true wealth? It's the means of salvation, the life of grace. If we can't even use the material resources that some of us are blessed with and use them wisely, uh, what can we make of the means of salvation? St. Paul teaches in his first letter to Timothy, the love of money is a root of all kinds of evils. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. Wealth does not solve our problems. In fact, it can, it can wound us unless we administer it wisely. We will lose the life of grace if we misuse money, if we serve mammon rather than God. We can also apply a spiritual lesson to, to this parable today. And talking about, we can really think of the balance sheet of the resentments. You know, we, can, we probably all have in our minds this balance sheet, this account. You know, he upset me, she did this, you know, whatever it is, father did that, and I'm holding this resentment against him, or a parishioner, you know. We can have this list of resentments. And we have to cut it. Not just say, take it and write 50 or 80. No, we have to cut it all together. We have to forgive those debts that we think others hold against us. Not to hold enmity against one another, to, and against another person in your heart. Not to have resentment. We have to cut that list. We have to write it. No, forgive it all. For we're all dishonest stewards. And we need the friendship of those people when it comes to our judgment time. You know, the priest is a dishonest steward like anyone else. And I sometimes liken the ministry of a priest in confession to, you know, to telling the person, look, take that list, tear it up. Sometimes I hear people coming in with a list, which I do not advise, you know, it should not be written down. But if I do, I say, now you tear that up and you throw it in the fire or whatever, okay? It's gone. The debt is forgiven. And then I hope that that penitent will pray for me that I might be treated with similar mercy. We can also have a, a practical application of this when it comes to giving to the church and alms giving to the church. You know, we give our money to the church for, for the divine worship. Sometimes people think we spend too much on divine worship. But you know, when our, who, who, to whom was our Lord speaking when he said, you will always have the poor with you? It was to Judas when he was rather scandalized when that woman poured all that expensive ointment over our Lord. He said to Judas, you will always have the poor with you, but you will not always have me. And so we are to be lavish as, we, as, as lavish as we can in the, divine, in the divine worship, without of course neglecting the needs of the poor. We also give for the mission of the church that the poor, the uninstructed children among us, the adults who come back, who need instruction in the faith, who want to receive the treasures of grace, may do so. And we have people who can impart that instruction to them. And so we might even give money to support that, or we might give of our time in volunteering, or of our talent in terms of teaching the faith being catechists, so I'll be making an announcement about that at the end of Mass. And yes, we should tithe, if at all possible, a tenth of our income, ideally to the Church, but also to other organizations that help the poor as well. 
But you know, St. Augustine has a very interesting interpretation of this gospel when it comes to tithing. Because he, he remarks on the, 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 the steward who says to reduce the debt by 50% or by 20%. St. Augustine says those things which every Jew performs towards the priests and Levites should be the more attendant in, in the Church of Christ. That whereas they give a tenth, Christians should give a half as Zacchaeus gave of his goods, or at least by giving two tenths, that is a fifth, and so exceed the payments of the Jews. So maybe you've got your plan of tithing, but sometimes you might be, the Holy Spirit might be inspiring you to give a little more, to listen to that call of the Holy Spirit. Because we're not simply people who abide by the law. We, are, we live our lives based on love. Let us ask uh, the Lord for the gift of wisdom, that we, the children of light, may not be outdone in prudence by the children of this world. May we put our resources to work to gain many friends in and for the kingdom of heaven.